The Infinite Serial, Chapter 9, The World is Watching, The Year 2025. David Cyber's hand trembled as he grasped the control stick of the chopper. Trust me, Cyber mumbled to himself in sardonic sub-panic. Cyber had had no problem with light-fixed-wing aircraft, Piper Cherokees, Cessna 172s, DA-40s, but he'd had zero experience in landing a whirlybird. The machine gyrated and rocked as a pendulum as Cyber tapped the tail rotor pedals, getting the feel of the craft. Stabilize, stabilize, Cyber whispered. The machine hovered over the perfect landing spot on the roof of the shopping center. He held the nervous bird steady and struggled to recall the movements Elgin had used to land the craft. He'd been beside Elgin observing the procedure, true enough, observing and doing different things. The cameras on the light poles in the parking lot of the center caught the undulations of the unsteady copter. Damn it! Daniela had her eyes locked on the screen in the ONN control room as the copter dipped rotors mere feet from the steel portal that led to the stairway to the temple below. Who taught that man to fly? Daniela blurted in disgust. If Jason blows this mission, everybody's butt is mine. A deadly and determined calm had come over Cyber. Memories and images of Elgin's landing technique came flowing back in his mind's eye. He took the cyclic candle and gently eased back on the teetering bar, the throttle of the helicopter. The copter skids bruised the metallic roof of the structure, clicked and scraped. Cyber suddenly cut the power. The chopper came to rest with a negative G and a shock to the spine. The mass of aluminum, steel, and plastic settled. Cyber chopped the power, killed the ignition. The rotors wound down. Cyber took a minute to breathe deeply, allow the nerves to settle. I'm alive, he said to himself in dismay. The order's cameras on the roof caught Cyber's exit from the machine. Perfect, moaned Daniela in relief. Oh, look, look, she said, coaxing Val and the other technicians in the control room to share her enthusiasm. Val spoke, generating as much enthusiasm as he could through his fear of the well-known wrath of Daniela. The box, he said, pointing at the screen. Daniela stroked the hair of the young man. Filled with little toys. Oh, this is such a glorious day in the history of the Order. She turned to the room. Trips to our little paradise Eros Island for everyone, she said. The eyes of the technicians glinted lustfully at each other in anticipation of the island's bizarre pleasures. If, she said, holding a finger in the air, we are as successful. A chill of understanding came to the room. The door to the stairway was unlocked as Cyber expected it to be. No time to waste, Omnet took assiduous attention to detail. Cyber had also expected the stairway to be lighted. It was not. He had the white rectangular box tucked beneath his left arm as he felt his way along the wall toward the dark stairway, maybe four levels before the basement. His eyes adjusted to the darkness. There was the outline of the first step. Right hand on the wall, he started the descent. Daniela rushed from the control room to the ONN news set across the hall. She slipped behind her desk. Live, live, go live! There was only one live channel for what passed for news, ONN, the Order News Network. 
There were movies, games, porn available on the ONN Entertainment platform, but even they were routed to the main network with a command from the order. Indeed, the world was now watching, or would soon know of this day. Daniela flew from the studio back to the control room and the myriad video screens, every angle inside and outside the ghost shopping center, covered. I have to see, I have to feel, I have to nurture every moment, every moment. Rabbi Rosenberg again prayed in Hebrew and humbly took a sip of the fourth cup of Pinot Noir of the Seder ritual dinner. The fifth cup sat untouched. The fifth cup was for a guest, Elijah, the prophet who would one day return and usher in the advent of the Messiah, Yeshua. A door was left open for his return. The seven at the Seder table sat reverently, gazed in holy silence. Within the media domain of the order, screens faded to dark on televisions and on the faces of 5G phones and laptops. The face of Daniela peered from behind her desk in Studio One. It was a voice of restrained and vicious pleasure. My fellow patriots, for some time, ONN has been tracking a vicious plan by right-wing religious fanatic Alfred Dragon and his treasonous followers. Tonight you will see live the hypocrisy of these love-preaching criminals. The screen split into quadrants. Cameras from four angles caught the images of the Seder dinner. Its celebrants, the symbolic dishes on the table, the seven in worship and meditation, tasting the foods that recaptured the moments of the struggle and salvation of their people from the slavery of Egypt. Daniela's voice narrated the scene. These enemies of the state, they've been performing their superstitious illusions in a deserted shopping mall just south of our city, soon to be converted into an order university where rebels and reprobates will come to understand the majesty of our designs. Once these squatters have been removed and justice done, we shall renew or neutralize any who would attempt to obscure our path to complete social justice. And adherence to the civility of a new world order. The camera scanned the table of the Seder meal, his seven participants, Camera three fell upon the open door that was to be the entrance of an order much different from the order espoused by the order. A camera panned to the fifth cup, the cup of Elijah. It was the grandson, Mark, in the high chair at the end of the table who first noticed. His innocent eyes were wide. A drop of matzah soup drooped over his lip onto his chin. He babbled a gaga, pointed at the empty cup of Elijah. Mrs. Rosenberg shot a dagger eye at the rabbi. You forgot to fill the cup, the cup of Elijah. It's empty. How could you? Howard Koenig interrupted. I saw you pour the wine. I, I saw it. I saw you do it, rabbi. I saw you pour the wine. I'm not crazy. I saw you do it. The children, Luke and Martin, spoke in tandem, gesticulating between the rabbi and the empty glass. It was full. We, we saw it. it. It was full. The wine glass, it, it was full. Now it's, it's empty. Cyber had made his way to the last landing. He saw the light inside the temple, heard a vague chatter of voices, almost there. He approached the light when lights, brighter, more pure than ever he had seen, filled with color, swelled through the hallway. The lights were a Picasso painting, 
an aurora borealis of every color of the spectrum, some that were nothing he'd ever experienced before. The colors seemed alive. They moved in flourishes and swirls, guiding him toward Elijah's open door. The guests at the Seder table froze in fear and awe as the light spilled into the temple through the door. The door meant for a prophet. Cyber approached the doorway, the light surrounding him. It made his form appear as a, a darkened silhouette. The voice of Elgin filled the room with no apparent source. Fear not. Cyber took two steps forward. The box, the face, now clearly visible. The face, a constant vision on all state media. Dragon. The rabbi, wide-eyed and horrified, dropped his fork. He clanged off the china plate onto the floor. Koenig, the wife, the kids, froze in fear. The terrorist. He stood, hands thrust forward in instinctive self-protection. His wife, Sarah, raised her hands in praise. An angel. None of those things, really. Elgin was now standing before the congregation in pure, white, translucent robe. The colors through the door that now permeated the temple circled Elgin like doves of light. He is certainly no angel, although he does work for us. Open mouths and saucer eyes filled the faces of the seven at the table. Let me introduce to you Mr. David Cyber. He has a special gift for you this Passover evening. Elgin gave a nod to Cyber. The seven at the table flinched as Cyber withdrew a knife, clipped to the belt, slipped the white strings from the box. He's going to kill us all, cried the rabbi. What part of fear not do you not understand, Rabbi Rosenberg? Cyber made the last cut and lifted the cover of the white box. The dishes looked delightful. The tiny white and blue rimmed china were arrayed with sweet portions of gluten-free cheesecake, chocolate toffee matzah, flourless chocolate cake, garnished with ripe lush strawberries. Cyber played waiter and placed a plate from the box before each. The king offers a banquet of Seder desserts before your enemies, he said. Koenig ruffled. Some sort of a trick, some sort of mind games these order animals are playing before they shoot us down like dogs. He took a grab at the box. What else do you have in there, dragon? What else do you have in there, dragon? Cyber lifted the box for all to see within. He tapped the box inside and out like a magician would tap a prop. Nothing in the box, nothing up my sleeve. The note came floating out of the box and landed at Cyber's feet. Elgin spoke. As you may have surmised by now, I am indeed an angel of God, and our king has a message for you and all watching throughout the world of the order. Elgin looked at Cyber. If you would, Kohai. Cyber retrieved the note from the floor and read. As I gave you rescue from the slavery of Pharaoh and led you into the promised land. As my blood gave you salvation from the angel of death, as I am with you until the end of time, if I be for you, who can be against you? Daniela was lost in fury as she gazed at the solace faces at the Seder table, heads bowed, holy reverence to their God. That turncoat bastard Jason, his death will not be easy. Humvees and jeeps, vans and black sedans flowed like ants into the shopping center parking lot. A black used 500 helicopter appeared like a wasp over the roofs of the mall, hovered above the Bell Long Ranger, deserted by Cyber. 
A searing spotlight illuminated the chopper and the exit by the air conditioning unit. No escape, no escape, sneered Daniela. Men in black and camouflage, arms cradling arsenals of death, breached the facility. AKs and RAs and Uzis lifted, scanning for targets. Elijah's door slammed shut. The lights vanished. It took three men with a battering ram. Barrels and helmets flashed and blasted into the temple room, fingers on triggers, ready to kill. Colonel Talbot, chiseled chin, cold eyes, blue beret, fatigues and boots, was the first in, first to lower his weapon. He scanned the room, the ceiling, any egress. He'd had maps, schematics. There was no way out. This wasn't possible. The synagogue was empty. The colonel put his hand up, turned to his team, secure the site, search the buildings every inch, inch, a week at Eros Island for anyone or any team that finds and destroys them. The team scattered to their assignments, leaving the colonel alone in the empty room. He gazed at the Seder table. Remnants of the Seder meal left hastily on seven plates. No sign of the desserts. Four wine glasses remained on the table, half full. The colonel moved toward the fifth glass, the cup of Elijah. What's this? He placed two fingertips into the glass, retrieved a small white business card. His face became a map of disgust. A simple cross in black was imposed in the center of the card. He peered at the red lettering imprinted across the top. Omnit! Omnit! Elgin lifted a glass of Pinot Noir and clinked the toast with Cyber and his wife Lucia Lemieux. They sat cozily in the salon of the upper deck of the Clipped Eagle, the deserted 737 airliner that was now the home and operations center for Cyber and his team. Don't mistake this toast for Holy Communion. That is a much more serious use of wine than a celebration over a brief victory. Nonetheless, Lucia, your husband survived a hard landing. Sharith Israel has located to a place that will provide additional, although sadly temporary, security to its people. They might even add a few new faces to their congregation. So, prost. The three sipped, and Lucia spoke, hmm. like the wedding feast at Cana. You've saved the best for last. But I thought you said Elijah's door had slammed shut, but how'd you get out? One door closes, another opens. Cyber chipped in. Chains off prison cages. Door shouldn't be a stretch. Elgin, I know you said have faith, but any moment back in the chopper, all that artillery around you, I was expecting to see Jesus. Our friends with guns and things didn't see anything. We were in full stealth mode. Mm, of course, said Cyber. The starboard wall of the salon was a massive video screen. ONN's new anchor, a young man, fair-haired, fair-skinned, with the face of a cherub. The screen was filled with images of Daniela, the colonel, several faceless order intelligence and military types being transported to the New Order Re-Education Facility in the shopping center that was once the home of Sharif Israel. Cyber took his eyes off the screen, stared sadly into his glass. The evil in the, the world today, it, it goes on and on and on. An infinite serial. 
Elgin smiled lovingly at David Cyber and Lucia the Mew. The only infinite element of life is love. One question, said Cyber. Why did you need me to assist in this mission? Why use a local like one? Why not just use Alfred Dragon himself? Alfred Dragon has thousands of listeners across the world who are thirsty for the word of God. With a final sip of wine and a wink toward Lucia, he said, What if anything had gone wrong? Alfred much too valuable to lose. This has been The Infinite Serial, a short novel by Patrick Riley. Hope you enjoyed it. If so, tell somebody you love. If you didn't, tell someone you don't. More to come, including a complete novel called Simply Cyber and a short story based on his adventures called Clipped Eagles. All the adventures of David Cyber and Omnet, angelic intelligence. Brought to you by Spider Investigations. SpiderEye, S-P-Y-D-E-R-P-I dot com. God bless. Have a great day.